What's up? It's Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Thanks for listening to the Under the Hood podcast presented by Coors Light. Stay inside and buy your Coors Light online. Find out how at get.coorslight.com. Coors Light, take time to chill. You're listening to Under the Hood. Get the ESPN Chicago app for podcasts and the live stream from anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. Download in the app store today. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Let's talk about the Chicago Bears draft. You know, when it comes to the draft, I look at it like this. Number one, you want someone who can step in and play the position better than the player that's in it right now. Number two, you want to get younger and try to be able to get 75 to 80% of your draft right over the years. Hopefully the Bears did that. As we talk to you about the Bears right here on Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood, thanks so much for being with me here on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. want to get your reaction to what we saw on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday for the Bears and their draft because, as I've been saying a lot leading into the draft a few days ago, This draft will tell a great story on whether or not Ryan Pace is going to be here longer than just this upcoming season. Because we're going to go into what the Bears did, what the Bears maybe should have done. But as I mentioned to you before, you have two options when you are a general manager. You have to be able to find out whether or not you can get younger position. And the other thing is, is that you need someone that can step in and play right away. And maybe the Bears have done that. Who We're going to find out with Cole Komet, the tight end. We're going to find out with cornerback Jalen Johnson uh, from Utah. And we'll go through some of the other picks that the Bears made as well. For those of you that spend more time at Bed Bath & Beyond with your significant other on Saturdays in the fall and not watching one college football game and not one game-changing player, this conversation is not for you that you and I are going to have because – you're going to bitch about the draft anyway because this is what we do as fans, right? As soon as the draft comes out, oh, they didn't get my guy. How come they didn't get the guy my buddy told me about at the bar? Oh, what about this guy this guy texted me about? You're going to complain about the draft anyway. So this conversation may not be for you if you're one of these people that don't even watch college football, don't even know anything about college football. You just know the players that you think that you want. You see, plugging a hole here and there is not exactly what you're looking for when you are trying to win the NFC, trying to win the NFC North, trying to win the championship. Plugging a hole here and there uh, shows that you have leaks on your roster and the reason why that you're 8-8. and Leaks and bad high draft picks put you on the hot seat, just like general manager Ryan Pace and possibly this coaching staff. We have seen coaches in this league fired after one season based on what a GM does. Let's underline that just for a second. Just think about that. We have seen coaches there for a year and all of a sudden gone. The whole staff just based on what a GM does. Ryan Pace selected Cole Komet at tight end and Jalen Johnson, the cornerback, to plug holes on this roster. You have to do that when you're in the draft. But it's too unfortunate, really, for Ryan Pace and for Bears fans that the Bears had to go and not have a draft pick on day one, but had to wait to day two because of the assets that were traded, because Pace was wheeling and dealing, trying to make the team better, and it helps you try to get to a certain point. But the point is, is though, is that when you look at Cole Komet and we look at Jalen Johnson, 
you had to be able to look at two things. The cornerback had to be done to get younger in the secondary. I have no problem with that. When I talked to him the other night, he seems to have a chip on his shoulder based on where he was selected. Johnson had shoulder surgery and issues early in his college career. Even though initially that's a red flag for me, hopefully he could be productive for the Bears. Now, again, if the Bears had a first round pick, we're not talking about Cole Komet as the first pick for the Bears. But because the Bears had to do some wheeling and dealing, there's Cole Komet, the tight end, and there's cornerback Jalen Johnson. So let's get to Cole Komet, because I know that you might be waiting to hear my thoughts on Komet. So Komet out of Notre Dame. And I don't really care if Komet is from Illinois or New Hampshire or Walla Walla, Washington. Dude can play. He's 6'6", and he is a monster in the passing game. As a Georgia football fan, I saw Komet carve up my Bulldogs time and time again. A huge target from for whomever gets the ball. I had no issues with the first pick that the Bears had. It's just too bad the Bears didn't have a first-round pick. I really believe in dress, uh, really addressing needs to fill your roster. Versus, ooh, there's a guy on my board I got to take because I just got to take him to show how smart I am. I really believe in addressing needs to fill the roster. Johnson was the second pick that the Bears made at corner. I don't have a problem with that pick. However, I will say this. When I read Adam Johns from TheAthletic.com, I was thinking about the other picks after Johnson. When the Bears' 43rd pick came up, LSU's Grant Delpit and Minnesota's Antoine Winfield Jr. were available. But the Bears took the best tight end as opposed to the third or fourth best safety. One of them could have been an option at 50, but Delpit and Winfield went 44th and 45th to the Browns and Buccaneers, respectively. The only other safety chosen in the second round was SIU's Jeremy Chin, who was taken at number 64 by the Panthers. In the end, Johnson proved to be too good of a prospect to pass up on uh, an important position of need. Since 2010, there's been 69 quarterbacks taken in the top 50 picks compared to 38 safeties. So I, I totally get it. I understand why the Bears did what they did. And again, if you're just going to be unhappy about the draft, then this is this is not for you. But what I'm saying is, from my standpoint is, is that when you and I were reviewing what the Bears needed when it comes to the draft, we looked at tight end, and we looked at corner. We looked at safety. We looked at offensive line. We looked at wide receivers. The Bears had to be able to address a number of those spots. Now, here's the thing. As I mentioned, when you're Ryan Pace and your back is against the wall, as far as I can see it, you have to be able to strike gold with these picks. So here's what I'm saying. If I don't see pick number 43 and pick number 50 in Komet and Johnson on the field starting, then now you have a major problem with this Bears team. Meaning that Komet has to be a day one starter because of the roster construction for this football team. So we know that the defense is the strength of the team, especially the defensive line. We know it's the strength of the team. But in an offensive lead, you need offensive weapons. And they addressed that with Cole Komet, 6'6", big guy, go up and down the field. You know, there's going to be negativity because of, oh, he's from the uh, from the state of Illinois, or, oh, because he played Notre Dame. It was kind of like this hometown pick. That was a hometown pick. He was the best tight end on the board. So I don't have a problem with Cole Komet there. But here's the problem. The problem is, is that instead of just waiting for your turn in the draft at pick 43 and say, you know what? 
When we get to our pick, we're going to get Cole Komet, or we will go up a little bit and make sure we get Komet and not pay Jimmy Graham two years and a bunch of money. That's the thing. See, it's one thing to look at and identify the best tight end in the draft, but then you before that you got Jimmy Graham for a couple of years with the Packers wasn't very good. You can see that he's in the autumn of his career. So why would you do that if you are Ryan Pace? Now, these are two different skill sets. One guy is Cole Komet, who will be able to catch a lot of uh, balls for this uh, Bears team. But when it comes to Jimmy Graham, Jimmy Graham, to me, is a, has a different skill set, but not a guy that I can see as a blocking tight end. Not as someone that I see as going to be able to catch 70, 80 balls. That's not who he is anymore. So that's why I thought there was a lot of money on the line for someone that's not a young tight end or not a productive tight end as much as Cole Komet will be. And, and if, like, Jimmy Graham is some kind of tutor or some kind of uh, teacher for Cole Komet, that's a very expensive teacher. I know a lot of teachers that could, should be making a lot more money, uh, and that's a lot of money for Jimmy Graham, a lot of money. And so the, first, the day one, no problem there. As we talk about the Bears in the draft with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the brand-new ESPN Chicago app. So you go tight end and you go cornerback. You address two needs. Now you go to pick 155, and the Bears take um, Travis Gibson. Right, So there were other positions and players available that the Bears probably should have considered, but they got one of the more undervalued players, according to Pro Football Focus, and and Travis Gibson. Uh, He was the 92nd best player on their big board. He's a guy there that has size, athleticism. He's an edge rusher. Okay, so now you're trying to get younger on the defensive side because you believe that that was the best player available on the board, so you took Travis Gibson out of Tulsa. Okay, I always think about the type of competition that that uh, a player of his ilk will f- face in college and how that's going to relate to the pros, but again, we'll see on him. So, again, Edge Rusher, Rusher, great. So now we go to Kendall Vildor. Uh, Kendall Vildor, a corner from Georgia Southern. Now... I look at Kendall Vildor at corner and I say, okay, so do you not believe in Jalen Johnson? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you got Kendall Vildor, why? Because he's going to be a backup corner and maybe just a special teams player? I mean, to me, I think that the wide receiver needs to be addressed. I believe the offensive line needs to be addressed. So looking at these picks so far, there's been one offensive player addressed as we go through this list, right? It's as Cole Komet. Got a corner, got a defensive end, and you've got a corner. Then the Bears addressed the wide receiver spot at pick 173 with Darnell Mooney from Tulane. He has sub 4.40 speed with some explosiveness. And uh, he's uh, similar to K.J. Hamler, who's also in this draft as well. He averaged 15 yards per reception in each of the past three seasons with Tulane. So in a very deep wide receiver draft, and we, we went through this a lot this past month, right? We talked a lot about the draft and talked about wide receivers. And, yeah, it's a deep draft. I just didn't know that Darnell Mooney would be there, uh, and I didn't think the Bears would take him at 173. Again, we looked at rounds one, two, three, and the Bears go to pick 173 to pick their guy. And again, as we get stopped right here, where is the focus on the offensive line? Where is the focus on multiple difference-making players as far as the um, the offense is concerned? And then you get to the um, the offensive line. You get a tackle called Arlington Hambright from Colorado. 
And then it's Leficius Simmons from Tennessee State. I'll tell you, nobody loves a small school guy like Ryan Pace, right? I mean, the non-Power 5 schools, nobody loves him like, like Ryan Pace does. And so now the draft's over. It is really unfortunate that the Bears were not able to get what I would consider more quality. Now, again, the draft's a big tra- big crapshoot. I mean, that's what it is. But as a college football fan, watching the best of the best every single Saturday, and, and some players in between, hey, you know, you're going to try to find some non-Power 5 guys that are at the top of the list, yeah, it's fine. But I just look at this draft and I think, okay, so you, you it's a tight end draft. You got the best in Cole Komet, and then Jalen Johnson was one of the top five corners. You got that. And then everything else is kind of like, eh, you know, as far as trying to find the quality. When it comes to the draft, as I mentioned, you want to get younger and you want to be able to be able to, to win the draft. And in three years, we can look back and say, yeah, you know, Ryan Pace did a really good job of getting quality players defensively, a couple corners and get at the tight end he wanted and wide receiver. But a, a lot of this to me is just, is kind of window dressing because of the moves that Ryan Pace did not make, not just from this draft, but in the past. What what really is a head scratcher is to continue to go to free agency to try to get better as a as a football team. And when you go to free agency so often, when you're always going to free agency, that means that your your draft picks aren't working well. You know, you you bombed on the tight end, you you bombed on Leonard Floyd, and and so that's the thing that's really a head scratcher for me, and something that's very difficult for me to to look at and say, yeah, you know, a thumbs up, Bears, they're going in the right direction. Well, we don't know. You don't know. I will tell you right now that the um, the Minnesota Vikings might have had the best draft um, of the NFC North. <laughs> just, I just, it's really amazing. And then there's the Packers getting a new quarterback, and the Lions trying to get better, especially with their running game and in their secondary. And then it's the Bears. A lot of this is just based on the personnel they already had before the draft. That's what this season's predicated on. What they did in free agency and the players are already there. That's what it, and the rest of these guys, Komet and Johnson, have to be part of this nucleus right away. Otherwise, what are we doing here with the draft? What are we doing? So, Eric, let's open the phone lines at 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. We are loaded today because we got a lot of stories we've got to review between now and 10 o'clock. But I just want to get your thoughts on what you saw from the Bears in the draft. Thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, thumbs down about what you saw from the Bears. Because to me, a, a lot of what we spent time watching trying to figure out who the Bears are going to get after Komet and Johnson, the rest of it is just kind of like, okay, will these guys actually play? Are these special teams players? Will they be around in three or four years? I, I have no idea. But all I know is this, is that Komet and Johnson have to pay dividends now. Because if they do not, then how is Ryan Pace still in the mix? How is he still in the front office for this Bears team? All the things that they have done to try to piecemeal this together with free agency and no, Trubisky's the guy, no, Foles is the guy, no, you know, no, that Jimmy Graham's going to be a great tight end, no, here comes Cole Komet. All of this is just, it's just double-minded, double-meaning stuff to try to give us the okey-doke and the runaround as Bears fans. And to me, all of this movement and trying to find, it still feels like third place in the NFC North until we see it on the field. 
because you still need to be able to develop all this. It's not the NBA. You just plug in a few free agents here and there with the core that you have. You're like, okay, here we go. It's too many moving parts to be able to plug these holes by throwing money at it and then just playing out the draft just to play out the draft. Not big, not a big fan of that. So we'll open the phone line, talk to you, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Also, we'll hear from Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace and their thoughts about the draft as well. We're talking to you about it right here on UTH. It's Under the Hood. Follow us on the ground at IGJHood and at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. The Bears made their selections in the NFL draft, and we're talking about it right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number if you got a chance to watch the draft. And, and I want to get your thoughts on what the Bears have done. And, and again, many that look at the draft just look at it as, oh, how come they didn't get my guy? And, and to me, I just look at it like this. Like, if you are addressing needs and you know that even for a team that was 12-4 and four once and they go from 12-4 and four to 8-8 eight and eight to where they are right now, you're just trying to be able to fill the bill and try to fill those needs right away as soon as possible. And and to me, I'm putting maybe it sounds like I'm putting a lot of pressure on Komet and Johnson for them to be able to step in right away and be stars. But that's kind of how I look at it because Ryan Pace has put him in this spot. These are second round picks here we're talking about, or or, or second day picks in Komet and Johnson, but. You need someone on the corner. That's something that's very important for this football team. And no matter how many tight ends are in the room, uh, Komet is the best tight end, and he hasn't even played for the Bears yet. And I see that the Bears are cutting some some tight ends as we speak. But to me, my whole focus is on Ryan Pace. My whole focus is on how Ryan Pace can get this team into the playoffs. And I just will tell you that, my, I look at Green Bay and I look at Minnesota and I look at those two teams uh, in the uh, NFC North and I say, you know, I like what Minnesota did draft-wise and the Packers are looking for the future in Jordan Love. But the Bears personnel that's already there before the draft, they have to t- tell the story. They have to be able to push through, um, you know, try to stay as healthy as possible. I just, you know, I, I just um, am just baffled by Ryan Pace trying to be able to move some pieces around here and, and nothing against Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack should be on this football team. You got to be able to look for the future, but everything ties back to Trubisky as a quarterback for this team because of the capital that was uh, moved to be able to get Trubisky moving heaven and earth to make sure that you go up in the draft and get Trubisky. And then just the idea that you look at this football team and, yeah, defensively, strong. And they added to that with Johnson. I just would like to know how this gets better, not just now, but moving forward for this football team. 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. What's out most to you about the draft? Um, again, thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, thumbs down. We go to Patrick in Wheaton with Jonathan Hood on ESPN with Dallas. We talk draft. Hey, Pat. Hey, Hoodie. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Thanks for checking in. Absolutely. I love you. Love the show. Um, I wanted to, to give a thumbs down, and the reason why, and I'll try not to soak up too much of your time or the show's time, um, after the draft, they addressed absolutely zero needs. You have Rodrigo Blankenship, who you could have taken with a seventh-round pick. Arlington Hambright, 
logically probably wouldn't have been drafted. You could have got him as an undrafted free agent. Could have brought in a kicker. Could have brought in Gordon, Steven Montez. Uh, you could have drafted Cole McDonald, who's actually a really good fit for the system if you look at his style of play in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So I just don't understand the, the, the logic behind taking a flyer uh, or not taking a flyer on guys that really could have fit your system, uh, maybe make a practice squad, maybe squeeze in at the back end of the roster. It just absolutely is mind-blowing that Ryan Pace doesn't know what he's doing. And on top of that, he has Matt Nagy as a coach who unfortunately looks exactly like me, and I hear it every day of my life, so I have to always explain <laughs> what we're doing. <laughs> Wait a minute, just a second now. <laughs> you, you look like Nagy, so are, are people are coming up to you with this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my my friends have a, a running joke. We have a text chain, and uh, when Matt Nagy was hired, they they roasted me. They said, you know, congratulations on becoming the new Bears head coach. And I had just woken up at the time, and I saw it, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> you know they can get you some free beers and drinks in this town, especially if you do well, if Nagy does well. <laughs> Let's count how many times Nagy has done well uh, in, in anything as of late. But yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna figure a way to to tweet you a photo or or uh, Instagram you a photo just so you can see it. All right, cool. I appreciate that. Thank you. There you go, Patrick, Patrick and Wheaton. <laughs> yeah, you know you mentioned now some of those names he mentioned were kickers. Uh, Blankenship was the best kicker from the SEC, and that's something that also needs to be addressed. Um, just because we are so hyper focused on offense and defense, special teams is not uh, is not settled either. Oh, there's no, there's no doubt it's not it's not settled. Uh, they've got to be able to find better in the kicking game for sure. Um, Eddie Pinheiro is not the answer. He's not the answer. So they got to be able to address that. And again, that could be here in, in away from the draft, or they could have been able to use that pick in the seventh, as he mentioned, There's for sure. But I just, I just look at this depth chart every day for the Bears, and I just think about the strength of the football team, right? I think about, about Hicks and Goldman and Blal Nichols and Khalil Mack and Danny Trevathan on this team and Roquan Smith. And Kyle Fuller and Eddie Jackson. I mean, every time I, I bring up a topic of, who, hey, what's the core of this football team? And it's like, those are the guys. And then you look at the offensive side, it's Allen Robinson. Well, now that Cole Komet's there, like, again, you'll ha- if you haven't seen Cole Komet play at Notre Dame, you'll be seeing him a lot on this football team. And I think that he can really be able to give either Foles or Trubisky a second weapon. But again, no, no shot at Mooney, this uh, this kid that they picked up. But you really did not address this in free agency, and you did not address the wide receiver spot in the draft early on in a very rich wide receiver draft. Allen Robinson's one guy, and I don't know if Anthony Miller can stay healthy. Straight straight ahead runner Javon Wims is not going to get it done. He'd be great in a relay race, but not as a wide receiver. And then Riley really didn't give time to Riley Ridley. So I just, you know... It, it just, to me, it's just disappointing because as you see all this activity, you don't see much accomplishment. And that's the thing that's really uh, uh, kind of a downer for me. Uh, and again, getting, it was great on the first day for the Bears drafting, but it's too bad that they weren't or have any picks in the round one draft. It's too bad they couldn't get anyone on Thursday, that they weren't in position to do that. And it just, it's just odd. Three one two three three two ESPN is our phone number. Otto is in Brookfield with Jonathan Hills. We talk about the NBA NFL draft on ESPN one thousand. Hey, Otto. Hi, Jonathan. Thanks for taking the call. I yes, uh, overall the grade for uh, Payfit. I would give it a thumbs down, and uh, here's why. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of t- 
discuss or uh, make my point about the later rounds. You were saying about the later rounds taken from Power Five conferences. I really think the later rounds uh, from five on, you're looking for guys that hopefully have a very high ceiling. You're not going to find a whole lot of guys with high floor. So you're going to naturally have to take a risk, and when you take a risk, I think you got to open it up to smaller college types. Because I mean, if you look at your fifth, sixth, seventh, uh, and beyond rounds. For the last 15 drafts, you're not looking at a whole lot of starters. Your chances of finding decent players are you're looking for a diamond in the rough. And if that's the case, you got to look in the rough, look at a bigger rough. So I have no problem with the reaching late in the game, late in the draft. My problem and why I'm giving them a thumbs down is with that second-round pick, you don't pick a tight end. I, I don't care if he's the top tight end. I don't care if that's the future Tony Gonzalez there. And, yeah, I'm saying don't pick them there. Why? In my opinion, the Bears, they need a bounce-back year. They need to win next year. And picking a rookie tight end, it's not going to help you that much, that much next year. You look at the best tight ends of our of this age, the George Kittles of the world, they, they weren't much their rookie year. I mean, they, I think on the average, something like three touchdowns and maybe 500 yards at the very, very most statistically for a tight end. Uh, so, I mean – that does obviously doesn't include blocking, but I think the Bears defense would have been best served. The team would have been best served taking one of those two safeties in Delpit, Delpit or uh, Winfield Jr. You got you had one of those two guys along with Johnson with the next pick. Name name another defense on paper that's going to scare the hell out of you. Yeah, nothing in the NFC North for sure, and and very few in the NFC. So well, yeah. I, I would have went with with defense. I mean, yeah, you have some needs on offense. Where is their offensive line help coming? I I hope I hope uh, Coach Castillo is the second coming of Joe Bugle because I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I I'll tell you what, our offensive line. I'm sorry, it stinks. Yeah, it's it's brutal. Otto, I agree with you. I appreciate your phone call. Yeah, it because it's it's. I was questioning the right side, and then JD was telling me on draft night. He says, you know, let's take a look at the entire offensive line. How can it be better? How can it come together as a group? So, you know, JD's point is well taken because I was just looking at, well, what are you going to do at right tackle and right guard? He says, you know, it almost needs an overhaul, um, and that's and that's saying something. And then the Bears don't address that early; they address it late in the draft, and and who knows if those players will be any good. You know what it's going to come down to, and I'm glad that uh, the auto brought these names up because Cole Komet goes 43 to the Bears. Grant Delpit was one of the best safeties, if not the best safety that was available on the board. As an SEC fan, watched plenty of Delpit, and I just thought that he was tremendous. There are some who say that even Antoine Winfield Jr. out of Minnesota, the safety right after Delpit, also uh, is a high-caliber, top-of-the-line safety, especially at that particular spot in the draft. So, yeah, I totally get it. I totally understand it. And, you know... Where the Bears were uh, getting Jalen Johnson, he was one of the best corners that was available. So I don't have a a major problem with that, but I do. I will be taking a close look at Delpit and Winfield Jr. and what they can do for a football team. Now, here's the thing. Uh, Once again, I don't have a problem with Cole Komet uh, as a tight end for this football team. It's just that why would you – what is – in your talent evaluation that tells you that Jimmy Graham at this point in time is good enough to be with your football team for two years and to be able to flourish. But also the arrogance of saying, no, we're fine at wide receiver is also an issue, also a problem. 
So 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. I want to know your thoughts about the Bears draft. Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. What do you think of what the Bears did in the draft? It's still to come. We'll talk about the Last Dance documentary. Did you watch the Bulls in that documentary? we got a lot to get to as we move forward right here on Under the Hood. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Follow on Twitter at TweetJHood. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app as we talk to you about the Bears and their draft. Listen, I, I look at the, the Bears and what they did in the draft, and again, you want to make sure that you're in a better position uh, now than you were before you left the field. When you left the field, you thought maybe there's some holes in the football team, so you get in the draft and you try to plug those holes with quality. Uh, Cole Komet as a tight end for this team is better than any tight end that they had. And if you're trying to get close to San Francisco or Kansas City or some of these other teams that utilize a tight end, you've got to be able to have a, a safety valve for the quarterback, whether that is Trubisky or for Foles, and I believe that Komet can fill the bill there. Um, when you take a look at this defense, it's already a strong defense, but because there's no Clinton Dix, there's no Prince of Mukamara, you know, there's some changes there in the secondary at uh, corner and safety. They're able to get a corner there in that spot. Now, again, there's a lot of other players, especially after Cole Komet, that I really looked at and I enjoyed watching on Saturdays uh, in, in Winfield and, and watching Delpit from LSU. But you know, this is what happens when you have a football team that's not four and twelve. It's not three and, and thirteen. It's not a, a horrible football team by any stretch. When you have a, a defense like the Bears, they're not a bad football team, but you have to be one or the other, right? You can be at the top of your game like Kansas City. You could be as awful as the Bengals, but when you're in the middle and you're eight and eight, that sucks. That's bad in sports to be in the middle. And that's where the Bears were this past season, a middle team, meaning that, oh, well, what should we do? Should we try to add a lot more? Should we have more draft capital? Should we spend money in free agency? What should we do to get out of this middle hole that we are in, in that football hell uh, in the NFL? You know, when you're bad, you know, like Miami or the Bengals teams like that, yeah, they got to dig themselves out of it by getting uh, quality draft picks at the top of the draft, being able to get free agents that they can and start building towards something. You, even this year, it's not a winning situation for teams that are bad that are at the top of the draft. Uh, when you are Kansas City, when you're San Francisco, yeah, you want to be able to still add uh, to what you already have. But, man, when you're in the middle, it's it really is a bad place to be. Because you just don't know what tomorrow brings. You hope that you can be able to add, but sometimes it doesn't work that way. So let me get your thoughts. 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. You heard my thoughts. I told you that I didn't have a problem with the day one for the Bears, but the rest of it is just kind of like a crapshoot. And, and this whole draft process for the Bears and, and Pace had a cloud over for me because of what they did in free agency or what they didn't do in free agency. And then after the draft, I was sitting there thinking, wow, boy, they just settled and believe that their wide receiver core is fine and believe their offensive line is fine. The league is built on offense. The league is built on offense. And if you have a strong defense, that's great. But the defense for this football team always has to carry the, the mail for the offense. And so my point is, is that, yes, the Bears did a draft, uh, address a couple of offensive alignment in the bottom of their draft. All right, great. I don't know who can play out of those two guys. I have no idea. If none of them can play, then you really 
have done a bad job as a general manager because if you look at that offensive line and, 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 and totally just confident in what you have on that line to protect Foles and Trubisky, that's not good. And you got to have more than just Allen Robinson or Miller to be able to uh, give you the opportunity to stretch the field. Some thoughts now from uh, Ryan Pace, the general manager for the Bears. He talked about uh, the draft process for the Bears. I'm just really proud of the way we operated and kind of navigated through this whole draft. You know, I think, you know, collaboration is a key, key word when I think about the seven players that we drafted. Really every player, there was just a clear alignment and vision with our coaches on every single guy we selected. So so that's always good. I think the communication amongst our, amongst our staff was outstanding through this whole draft process. And, again, I just can't say enough about our IT and video departments because those guys stepped up in a huge way, really, this the, the past month. So the scouts put so much work into this. You know, we weren't in the same room physically this year, but we were extremely connected through the process. You know, I look back on this whole thing, and it, it was such a unique experience to do this with our families. I think it'll be something we'll always remember. So thoughts there from uh, Ryan Pace. Also some thoughts about the uh, Cole Komet and what Cole Komet can bring to the table uh, for this uh, this football team. Uh, Matt Nagy with some thoughts on Komet. Or was it Pace? Was it Pace, Eric? Yeah, this was Ryan Pace after Pace. that draft. All right. Yeah, you know, you're always, I think, looking at supply and demand in the draft. You know, I think that's what draft, uh, you know, what Brad was probably hitting on with the corners there. I think you're always kind of, you, you know what positions thin out fast. And, and uh, you know, for us, I just think when you looked at Cole, and again, I you know, I, I just feel like I said the same thing about Jalen, but just a complete package. And for him, just it's it's hard to find these tight ends, guys, these wide tight ends that are, that are really well-rounded in, in that, you know, he's an asset in the pass game because of his size and his hands. Uh, he's one of those guys that knows how to post up and body collision and push off. Um, he runs really well for his size, but then his blocking, you know, he's just got the frame and the size and the, the temperament, and the demeanor um, where I think he's going to, you all think he's still going to get a lot better as a blocker. So to find that well-rounded wide tight end, uh, there's not a lot of them. So for us to get him where we did uh, was really advantageous for us. Three one two three three two ESPN is our phone number. Let's go back to the phone lines to talk to you again. Your thoughts about the NFL draft? The Bears thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, thumbs down. How do you see what the Bears did? What stands out most? Um, you're my thoughts. What do you think? Let me go to Jimbo in Lockport. There he is on ESPN one thousand. Hello, Jim. Hey, how you doing, Johnson? What's up, brother? How are you? Hey, I call, I'm the guy that called you last week and said, I hope you take two tight ends and a punter. <laughs> right. And then I was a Packer fan. I said, I got my own problems. Man, yeah. I didn't know we were in this bad. What, okay, tell me tell me what you don't like, and I'll tell you what I what I think is well, interesting about the Well, of course, I'll go to Bears because I got a lot of Bears families and everything. I, I think they did okay. Like, you, I want to listen to you. They did okay the first two with Jackson's shoulders holding up, but I don't know what that pace did at the end. And why is he trading next year's sports? You could have paid your debt and start first for with everyone next year. He doesn't believe in in uh, in, in being able to have a full complement of players in the draft. I don't know what that's all about. He just keeps trading, and, and to me, you want to have more. Trade, why would you trade next year's fourth for a fifth? Right, right. Unless he's I mean, gonna unless he's gonna be doing something next year. Just on the surface, that doesn't make sense. I agree. 
I mean, and now I want to give you a minute on my Packers. I, I was I just Paul Bourbon at Brown 20, and when they said they traded, and when they took a quarterback, I almost choked on an ice cube. <laughs> let me let me tell you about your draft, okay? I, I, I just, Jimbo, I, I just, here's what I think. I think that Aaron Rodgers, to me, and the numbers say that there is a slight decline in what he's been doing offensively. But that I agree. Sli- but that slight decline, though, is not is not so bad that the they can't win the North again. So that's the thing. Like They're getting the booby prize of winning the NFC North, but ultimately for a Packer fan, you're trying to win the NFC. You're trying to get to close to where San Francisco is. And, right. so, and, and so there's some failure there. However, you know, when an Aaron Rodgers flippantly goes on Pat McAfee's show, it goes, yeah, we haven't drafted a skilled position player in 15 years. Gutenkunst put the, put the middle finger up and said, well, how about this for a skilled position player? How about your replacement, Jordan Love? I mean, for, for, for a team that needs wide receivers, by the way, a team that needs wide receivers, you drafted well as far as getting offensive linemen late. But, but the point is, is that just like the Bears, you needed an, another a, a young weapon. And instead of getting a wide receiver, they went with Jordan Love. And I'm just like, that's a, I mean, Aaron deserves better than that. But Aaron has not been getting the kind of players that he needs to be able to get better than just win the NFC North. I understand that. Like, and I, I thought that I wanted the, the best right tackle because we lost Bogero. Yeah, and then take a, a receiver, please, in a second. But they didn't take a receiver the whole draft <laughs> to stick it to Aaron. <laughs> I mean, not even forget the first and second. All right, I I climbed on the walls. I climbed off the ceiling, yeah. but not the whole weekend. I know. I know. Even. Not even the seventh, which that's not what I was looking for. But we told none in the best receiving draft in probably 30 years or if ever, we didn't even take one. I hear you, Jimbo. I'm glad you checked in, my friend. We didn't even dip our toe in the water, really? I, I understand about your toe. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> I, just had a talk to, I just had a talk to someone. I don't want to talk to me no more, Jonathan. I appreciate no. it. All right. Call me again. Call back tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know. I might no. think of more stuff. No, no, that's right. Call me tomorrow. I want to hear more of your Packer thoughts. That's interesting. Yeah, a little bit of time, I guess. All right, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> okay, Jimbo Lockport. He's still. I mean, but here, yeah, here's a, a fan of a team that continues to be the hammer and the Bears the nail. This is where the Bears should be in a position to try to win the the championship every year by trying to be. Uh, the division winner, not just once in a while, but all the time. Rogers is always hovering around there, always in the mix in the playoffs. But here's a guy who's disappointed in their draft, and that team still could win 11 games this year. Could compete with the Vikings in the North. Three one two three three two ESPN is our phone number. Gino in Harwood Heights with Jonathan Hood here on ESPN One Thousand. We talk Bears and draft. Hey, Gino. Good evening, Jonathan. How are you tonight? I'm well. Thanks for checking in, my friend. Terrific. So here, here's I got something for you. You, you. you can't judge a draft three days after it's over, but what you can do is you can judge a draft in three-year increments. Mm-hmm. And let's take a look. I'll give you five names, okay? Can I give you, can I give you five names? Absolutely. Kevin White, Leonard Floyd, Mitchell Trubisky, Adam Shaheen, and James Daniel. Three first-round busts, and you look at uh, Kevin White as a bust. That's pretty obvious. Leonard Floyd isn't on the team. Trubisky isn't going to be on the team next year, and he's terrible. Adam Shaheen isn't going to be on the team this year. He was a second-round pick. James Daniel, second-round pick, still on the team. He was drafted to play center, but he can't, apparently can't play center. 
So I, I don't need three years because I already have three years with Pace. Mm-hmm. At, you, you said it great. Uh, you, you shouldn't act, uh, confuse activity with achievement. And this, all this guy does, he's, he's frenetic. He makes, he makes bad decisions. And let's look back. He's been terrible. So this draft is probably going to be terrible. I'll hang up and listen to what you have to say. Well, I mean, listen, again, if this is the commit draft, if this is a Johnson draft, and then you got two starters in place, that's fine. The rest of them, I just, you know, and it, to me, it's just a roll of the dice. But my focus was on the, the what they would do in round two and then what the rest of these guys are going to look like in this football field. Clearly, they're fine with the wide receivers that are that are in place, and I'm not. I'm just here to tell you, I'm not. Like Robinson's fine. I don't know if Miller can stay healthy, and then you, there's question marks all over that wide receiver room. I have no idea whether or not those guys can play um, and, and be part of this mix. Is this what Matt Nagy wants? Just, I don't know. Uh, we're going to take more of your phone calls coming up. If you're on hold, you will be on the air. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Uh, as we go to break, I want you to hear this, Eric. Since he, since Pace took over, all right, since Pace took over in 2015, Pace has made 39 draft picks, and only 24 have come from Power 5 conferences plus Notre Dame. That ratio of 61.5% is the lowest in the NFL in that span, the league average over that time is 75%. Again, the Bears are at 61. The league average is 75. In addition, all six of his picks in his first class of 2015 were from Power 5 conferences. So in the last five drafts, only 18 of 33 have been from Power 5 plus Notre Dame. That's 54%. Under the hood with Jonathan Hood. Chicago's home for sports. Stream ESPN 1000 easily on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. You're listening to Under the Hood on ESPN 1000. Matt Bowen, who covers the NFL, the NFL draft for ESPN, the senior writer for ESPN, will join me coming up at 8 o'clock. We'll talk more about the draft and still to come. Some thoughts about the last dance. I watched it. I live tweeted with you at TweetJHood. Also on Instagram, IGJHood. Boy, what a fun episode three and four. So we will talk about that. I got a lot to get to with the last dance. And the Chicago Blackhawks make a move as they fire John McDonough, uh, which we'll also talk about as well. So a lot to get to here within the framework of our show. Let me go to Rick and Zion as we continue our Bears and Draft conversation on ESPN 1000. Hi, Rick. Hey Jonathan, I'm a first time caller, man. Thank but, you. I, but I had to, I had to call in because I had to let let you know what, what I think about this draft and stuff. It, mm-hmm. it, it's really it's it's not very good, and I'll tell you why. And I, and I got a couple of things, so bear with me a minute. First thing, uh, they they drafted Cole Komet in the second round, and he wasn't even the best tight end. The best tight end was a guy from Dayton named Adam Trotman, I believe. And because he wasn't from a big school, I think I think uh uh our general manager was scared to draft him. So he went with Komet. It's okay. Komet might be okay. Second round pick, the other second round pick, Jalen Johnson, he's he's been injured. Not once, not twice, but three times in college. Uh so he's to me he's a question mark. He has talent, 
but we'll see. Okay, now the other draft, and I'm not blaming, I'm not blame, uh, blaming, blaming him for not having all them picks because we got, of course, Khalil Mack, and so we didn't have a first round pick, we didn't have a third or a fourth round pick. So I'm not really blaming him for that, but in the, in the rest of the picks, he should have went all offensive linemen and wide receivers and hope one of them stick. That's what I would have done. Well, as far as Cole Komet, Cole Komet was the best tight end on the board. Everybody, by far, he was the best tight end on the board. You're talking about that kid from Dayton, and he was second or third on the list. But Komet, if you you watched Notre Dame, if you watched his his play at six 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 seven, you love the idea that he can get up and down the field and be able to catch the football. So I, I, I didn't have a problem with that pick. My issue is is that. It's nothing because here's what's going to happen. There's going to be so much negativity on Komet when it really should be on Jimmy Graham. You see, see, if you pick, why did you get Jimmy Graham knowing that you're going to try to get the tight end anyway? I mean, it's almost like it's almost like buyer's remorse, right? I agree. I agree with you, but but, but to be all honestly, they didn't really know they was going to be Komet. Komet was going to be there when they drafted. They didn't know that for sure. They had to know so, that they had. They know they had to upgrade that position with Jimmy Graham, though. Like, who's Jimmy Graham now? And, and you're gonna see you. Right. You will call me in the fall and be disappointed in Jimmy Graham every single Sunday. You're gonna call me and say, "Why did they pay him this kind of money?" I mean, not just a little bit. Why did they pay him so much money for a guy that is at the end of his career? Didn't make sense. Oh, oh, I agree with you. I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. But what about the later picks? Why get a defensive lineman? Why get a wide receiver that's, that he, they say he's very fast? Okay, he's speedy. Mm-hmm. He's 6'2", but he's about 165 pounds. As soon as he get hit, he's going to be out. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they say he's a good return man, but can he catch? <laughs> they need a number two opposite uh, Robinson. Correct. They need, a, they need a clear number two, and, he, and the guy they drafted is not going to be that. But, you know, a Wheeler dealer would try to go up in that draft and find the wide receiver that they wanted. They, they that's went, true. They, that, that's, he he could have tried that. Yeah. So, so that's why I say the first two picks I'll accept in the second round, the two guys that he got. But the rest of the picks were awful. Yeah. All right. I'm glad you checked in, Rick. Appreciate your phone call. Um, I, I just – the commit pick is not a, a major issue for me. But I know – Eric is going to happen for like two or three years. People are going to be like, well, what about Delpit? What about these two safeties they went uh, after Cole Komet? It's just like, I, I understand that the Bears needed help there too, but they didn't feel like that was a, a need as much as it is Cole Komet or someone at the tight end spot. Right. I'm with you. Like, I'm, I'm okay with the pick. What bothers me about the pick is what they did in free agency before, is going after this old guy and having no real plan on how to fill the position until – this tight end fell to them in the draft. I just wish the wealth was spread out more on this roster. You know what I mean? Like, yep. like I, I just named for you like nine or ten guys in defense. You're like, wow, that guy's going to be a stud. That guy's going to be a stud. And you know that if, if it's not the best defense in the NFL, I'm okay with that. But when you're top five, top ten, and your bend don't break, and you've you got difference makers like Khalil Mack, I got a problem with it. But then you look on the other side of an offensive league, an offensive league is all you have is Allen Robinson, and and again everything else is a question mark, including that line, including the quarterback, including the running back. <laughs> like, right, like Komet's new, like, like you can't run the NFL like this in 2020. 
among like all those holes that are obvious with the tight end and the linemen, the one thing that this Bears offense has lacked for a couple years now under Nagy is they don't have team speed on offense. Robinson's great, but he's not a burner. Tariq Cohen is is fast, but he isn't yet to be. He's not a deep threat guy because he's not a go up and get it guy at the same time. They've lacked team speed on the offensive side, which makes that Chiefs offense the same design, the same offense, so electric. I just it's just a head scratcher to me. All right, well we're gonna hear from Matt Bowen his thoughts about the uh, NFL draft. We'll go back and forth about what the Bears have done and taking a close look at the NFC North and. We will also, in our next hour, talk about The Last Dance, the documentary for the Bulls. Did you watch it? We're going to compare notes coming up in uh, our 8 o'clock hour. Glad that you're with us right here on Under the Hood.